Hello and welcome back to Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan and Brad. It may be international break, but we won't be covering it. We have much more exciting and entertaining things <laughs> to talk about. It won't be the international break. Yeah, but we're here covering it. <laughs> oh, that's possible. We've, st- we've got better and more exciting things to talk about. Oh, God. That's such an insightful opening to a podcast about football. <laughs> We're not going to be talking about the actual football. <laughs> yes, but we're going to be talking about the stories around football. As on Tuesday, it was transfer deadline day, and it ended what has to go down as the craziest transfer window ever. I would call it the maddest transfer window ever, because yeah, quite simply, we had one thing go down, which just resulted in about 500 other things following it yeah I mean just to recap some of the deals that happened this summer Lionel Messi left Barcelona for free it's only a 40 minute podcast (laughs) Sergio Ramos left Real Madrid for free Man United signed Cristiano Ronaldo for about 14 million pounds like that's just forever (laughs) I mean, it, I am speechless as to what the hell actually happened throughout this window. It, it seems week by week, the f- uh, closer we got to deadline day, the more crazy deals were just coming out and stuff was happening. Yeah, it was almost the ultimate domino effect. Yeah. In a way. Don't really know uh, one like it, even despite pandemic <laughs> reasons. Yeah. Just, I think that's what's made it so good is because obviously last year not many big deals happened because of the pandemic and it seemed like all clubs were like okay let's make up for it with this mental window which is weird because I think there was actually less money spent which is crazy to think Mm. Um, right let's go through the Premier League and we'll talk about who we thought had the best window who we had thought had the worst window and our signing of the transfer window in the Premier League this summer so who do you think had the best in terms of incomings this summer well for me personally I wrote well I wrote down two teams but mm-hmm. I know that there's way more obviously but for me the best window goes to Chelsea yeah the business that Roman Abramovich and Marina Gravinovskia did this summer was Incredible, both in terms of incomings and outgoings. Yeah, definitely. It was just signing Romelu Lukaku alone wins them this transfer window for me at oh, this stage. A hundred percent, it does because Timo Werner was the joke of the, the Premier League last season with the amount of missed chances and offsides he had. And you know you're not going to get that with Romelu Lukaku. You know you guaranteed goals there and. I think Team of Owner can still be good for Chelsea, but Lukaku is what they needed last season to make them possible title contenders and then even challengers last season. And I think even this season, he will do that, just him alone. Yeah, he's just more of a danger. Yeah, I mean, we've already seen it in a few games. Yeah, people talk about Werner, he's, you know, it's a lot more to him, it's the runs he makes. Well, Lukaku also has just as much of a presence but just how much of a nuisance he is to defend us. Oh, 100%. I mean, like I said, that Arsenal game in his first game back in the Premier League, he just absolutely 
people will lead Pablo Murray throughout that game um, and like you said his presence just on the field alone is something to give defenders second thoughts about I mean elsewhere if you look at the Chelsea business they bought uh, Saul Niguezin on deadline day on loan which is just an incredible transfer just so unnecessary because look at the midfield options they had before he came in oh yeah like they it's did just... not need this guy <laughs> they just they just added depth upon depth yeah I mean it, it's just absolute craziness uh, what they did I mean there was obviously main stuff about them was the outgoings that they've managed to do yeah. as well because I mean how, how the they, money they got how have they technically made money or close to making money they bought just they a, they just less yeah I don't think they fully broke even on this window but I think they were very close to doing so because oh, I mean obviously they sold Abraham 40 million was it yeah you've yeah. got to think of all the academy players they got rid of as well Tamori for I think 28 and a half million however uh, which it was for Livermento as well was the one that came to mind yeah, Victor Moses, they got five million for. Um, even Giroud, they got, I think it was a million for him. Mm. So they've done really well uh, in terms of outgoings this window. And yeah, like you said, the signing of Lafkaku definitely has to go down as the best bit of business this transfer window. Yeah. So, so you get, is there other teams? Involved, um, I think Manchester United they did well. They addressed some of the needs, not all of them. I think it's a strong eight out of ten for me in terms of United. I think I'd like to have seen a number six come in, uh, but Varane coming in, Sancho coming in, Ronaldo coming in, it's a great window for United, I think. Yeah, bit of sensible business. Sancho, they yeah. needed the right winger. Yeah, Rafael Varane, Varane needed the. Needed that centre back to partner with yeah. Maguire. Not so sure about the ageing has been though, that they're calling a legend, but who knows? <laughs> yes. Um, who Says else? that as he breaks international record. <laughs> yes. Um, I think Southampton have had a good window. The... Really? You sure about that one? I think Adam Armstrong, I think he's going to be a really good player for them. I think he's a good replacement for Danny Ings. Uh, Tino Livramento he's been absolutely class so far this window, uh, this season I think uh, the other centre half or other defender, Lian Ko, I think he's going to be very good, so I'm actually quite pleased with what they did Yeah, I guess in the end they sort of turned it around, I still think they could be down there around the relegation though, just for what I've seen so far, the sides they could turn it around look decent but until yeah. that happens, I still think they're down there. But uh, yeah. speaking of the teams that are very 50-50, I also believe they've had a very good transfer window. Crystal Palace. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they haven't had the best starts of season under Patrick Vieira, but brought in Odison Edward on deadline day for about £15 million. Um Michael Alesi, was it, they've brought in... Uh, who else have they brought in this window? They brought in Conor Gallagher on loan, who's already looked like a massive bargain. <laughs> yeah. The, then the, the two centre-backs. Can't forget they just completely changed their centre-back partnership in Guehi and Anderson. Yeah. 
brought that age down of the squad yeah, massively as well. They've done what they needed to do. Go for the rebuild. Now they just need to trust the manager. Yeah, uh, there was, I mean, again, the West Ham game showed signs of progress. Oh, 100%. And not to think they've got Will Hughes to come into this squad who was yeah. an absolute phenomenal player last but, season but, in the but Championship. said he was signing for Villa. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think this could be a short process, but it will come really good for Patrick Vieira's side. Um, now, onto the teams that you think had the worst window this summer. Should we get the obvious out of the way? <laughs> uh, Newcastle. Yeah. I don't know I how mean, you can't beat them. The only bit of business they've done, well, two bits of business was Joe Willock who they paid was it 25 million for? It was around that wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and then that youngster Santiago Munoz who's going to be a part of their academy on like an 18 month loan deal I think it is. Yeah. That's the only bit of business Newcastle did this window. Business has been less than spectacular even if they are now living out the planned goal for film. Yes. <laughs> it's not been the best of starts for Steve Bruce's side, sitting in 17th place. And I think it is going to be one of them where in the future, like in the January window and even next summer, unless they sell up, it's you're literally going to have to spend what you can recuperate. Yeah, just odd inspiring, yeah. which is literally what it's like being a Newcastle United fan at the moment. Oh, 100% it is. Hmm. Let's get to the obvious one Arsenal. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, biggest spenders in this transfer window. 50 million on um, Ben White. They signed Takahiro Tomoyasu from Bologna. Uh, bought back Martin Odegaard on a permanent deal. Uh, they bought in Albert Sambi Lakonga. Uh, Nuno Tevarez. Nothing uh, leaps uh, off the page, does it? Aaron Ramsdale as well. well he leaps off the page for the wrong reasons because of the price tag yeah I mean like you said if you look at the teams that finished above them last season and the signings they've done you're like yeah. okay the, these are all players that are going to make the team better yet you look at Arsenal and you're like is this actually going to make them any better than what they were last season and so far was, the answer is no was it, I don't know if you've said the image that was going around people were comparing squads from last season it's literally identical the only difference is Ben White <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not promising no and the opening three games has been case in point for Mikel Arteta's side as they sit bottom of the table in this international break which mm. well, I remember when Arsenal fans used to get very excited about deadline day Oh yeah, because I mean, that's all the Emirates wait for Mesut Ozil to officially be announced. Yeah. Whereas nowadays they're just waiting for some random defender they've never heard of, or so-called defender. If you <laughs> there was like an interview with his agent where he just said, "Well, he doesn't necessarily play right back or centre back. He could play anywhere. <laughs> they've sold him to be a defender, yeah. and he might not even be a defender." <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, I don't even think a defender is something they needed. I mean, have you been watching I mean, them this season? After after the Man City game, yes, but before that Man City game, I wouldn't. I would have said just a bit more experience in that midfield, like someone to hold the ship down and be like a commander in that team. But they just don't have it. 
Yeah. There's no lead, are there? No. But a lot has changed now with Arsenal that those players, those top quality players now look at Arsenal and go, I don't want to do that. Why do I go there? Yeah. Oh, was it? They're paying me 300 grand a week. Oh, God. Oh, man. Mm. Arsenal has become a retirement home. A little well bit. and truly has. Even if they have now got rid of some of those lot, there's still some of them there. I'd put Aubameyang yeah. and Lacazette in that category. Xhaka as well. I think Rob Holding has to be in that conversation as, like, why you're still there. Well, I think one positive note about Arsenal is and whether Mikel Arteta gets to do it is he's brought the age of the squad down considerably and it's definitely a plan for the future but I think they need more of the now than the future if you get what I'm saying yeah it's obviously it's always the same with Patrick Vieira at Palace you have to trust Arteta to try and do it trust the process (laughs) in inverted commas that's the saying going around right now but uh, yeah who knows how long he's gonna actually get to implement yeah. the process definitely um, I think a team who not say a bad window but quite well, one. Is this one, that's the last thing I need to add is like poor Tommy Yasser is going to be watching Saturday he's going to turn on the telly Paul Burst is going to sit there calling Tiramisu <laughs> <laughs> Teriyaki Tiramisu you didn't see how I tried to say the weekend it was oh, uh. Paper. I have seen it since he, when you sent it me. I was only because like, I showed it. <laughs> that was like, awful. Um, but hmm. Liverpool Karen. had a quiet window, though. Yeah, but then and again, Ibrahim Kanate. Yeah, I feel like looking at it now, the reasons are obvious. Pretty much every player coming back from injury is going to feel like a new side to Yeah, and they've managed to tie a lot of players down to new contracts. Yeah, well, they're looking at their forward line. Slightly boring. Mane's not started particularly brightly. Firmino doesn't seem all there either. Yeah. Salah's being relied on to do the most of the carrying of it. And so is Harvey Elliott as well. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was expecting one or two more from Jurgen Klopp's side this summer. I mean, I think a midfielder to replace Junior Wijnaldum was needed and like you said another attacking option to help out Salah because Mane and Firmino had such an off season yet uh, last season and haven't started this season the best yeah I can only gather they thought they had the options hmm. speaking of teams that thought they had the options I don't not not putting them in the worst category whatsoever but I'm more in the middle now of well, they've had great windows but they also had meh could have been better I put my stability in the middle yeah, I mean, obviously you lost Grealish for a hundred million, which is disheartening for Villa fans. But in terms of the uh, income you've got from it, it's a good deal. Um, Do you know we actually I've... made profit this year? Jesus, we haven't done that in so long. Well, <laughs> mm. it's like you said, it's a mid-table thing. I think we just need to see all these players play now, the likes of Buendia. Uh, Danny Ings, Leon Bailey, all just get more regular game time for you, and then I think we can have a judge of it in like a month or two. I was going to say the next few Roto games for us aren't particularly ideal, but it's just been weird that I've had to stay up in the last two days because the discourse from some of them, maybe the very vocal minority, as it is, yeah, saying, "Oh, the owners haven't spent enough money." 
Like, what? <laughs> uh, it's the delusional lot in football. It's always the way. That's it's all our fans think. That the only way to get to Europe is if we go full football manager. Yeah. Just and spend all the money. But you can't do that. No, you definitely can't. You have to be realistic of what you can and can't spend and who is available for you to buy. I don't, I don't know if it's just people's expectations now having to be lowered. Because obviously the aim for the majority of us is we should be fighting for Europe this season. Whereas I, I worry now that we're going to be mid-table. Yeah, I think 12th to 8th is realistic for Man um I'll Aston say by Villa. that, I, I will take 10th. Hmm. Although, as the season goes on, that might change. <laughs> yes, definitely so. Football! <laughs> uh, but overall... What a window. I was going to say, if, I wanna, we have to end this appropriately because if we have to stick on the worst windows, there is only one club that has had the overall worst window. Yes. Not Premier League based, obviously, but nope. we have to mention Barcelona. <laughs> My God, was it atrocious. I mean... Just get this story right. Imagine saying to a Barcelona fan after that Champions League final in 2015 that in six years Neymar would have been sold to PSG for over 200 million. You're going to sell Luis Suarez to Atletico. Was it for free? Yeah, though I think it was one of them where if they won the league and he met some like certain uh, clauses they would pay a bit of money to Barcelona. Yeah. You're going to lose a game 8-2 to buy Munich. <laughs> And also, there's going to be the unfortunate circumstance that you can't re-sign Lionel Messi to a new contract that he leaves in the worst circumstances possible. And your club is in a massive fuck ton of debt. And your front three is Martin Braithwaite, Luke De Jong, and Memphis Depay. And that's excluding you've also forgot to mention the comeback defeat against Liverpool. Are they used to stuff like that? <laughs> I mean, you. The downward spiral of this club in the last few years shocking. I, I genuinely don't think they... If they get top four this season, it will be a bloody miracle because that they've, team they've now... They've started very well. They've started well, but this team isn't a top four team. They, on paper, it doesn't look like it now. It's just a bunch... They're like OK players, but if you look at what uh, Atletico Madrid done in this window, what I mean, Real Madrid were relatively quiet only bringing in... David Alaba and uh, Edward Camavinga as far as I'm aware um, so did that actually get announced in the end Camavinga yeah oh, I must have missed it he got announced on deadline day uh, I can't remember what time now but... can't wait for his unveiling ceremony when there's about five people there because they were expecting Mbappe yes <laughs> what's the bets they would be chanting Mbappe oh, what they did to Hazard remember that one yeah Just Disgraceful. Yeah, but um, back on Barcelona. Because the, there's one transfer in particular that just sums it all up. That's the Emerson Royale story. Yep, I mean, I did see... Oh, you said the full story, this one as well. Yeah, I mean... I... Honestly, just extraordinary. Let me go into... Sold you from Atletico Minera. No, 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 no. Did they not? That's they did. I read the whole thing. Literally looked it up last night. They sold you from Atletico Madero with Betis. They worked out some oh, yeah. deal there that you have to look up to understand. 
He has spent three years with Bessis. Yeah. Pretty much on loan. Mm-hmm. Starts... Like, he starts with Arsenal this season. He's mm. unveiled literally a month ago. <laughs> two Didn't months ago. the whole presentation. Is it two months? No, three Either months way, ago. Still three months him. exactly today. June the 2nd. Anyway, they unveiled. Plays the first three games this season. Mm-hmm. And now they sell him to Spurs for 30 million. What makes this story even funnier is when he is unveiled by uh, Laporta or with uh, Joanne Laporta he he says his release clause is 300 million euros and we hope he can be at Barca for many years that was at the start of August this can no longer be disputed anymore Daniel Levy is the king of negotiations <laughs> how has this man fisted a 30 million pound player when his release clause is 300 million <laughs> how has he done it I have no idea the fact that uh, they had to sell him though because they couldn't afford to pay him like that's why they've had to let Griezmann go because his wages were high and like yeah, that's even more of a fucked sort of a story yeah I mean I forgot the, I saw a tweet on it that was quite funny I can't remember it I think 2018 did he 2018-2019 he signs for 120 million yeah which Barcelona had to take out a loan get this signing done does okay doesn't light up the Barcelona squad but no for me he was average he won't be remembered for his time there realistically and then on deadline day he goes back to Atletico Madrid on loan for 5 million euros and then they'll buy him at the end of the season for 40 million so in two years they have lost 80 million on this Griezmann just, deal there's so many factors you could just throw someone's like yeah this is why Barcelona are in the absolute mess that they are <laughs> just oh, how does the club get run like this I mean it just shows how much of a dictatorship he was under uh, Joseph Bartomeu and it's going to take years for Laporta to try and fix this I think it's going to take longer than him being there oh yeah we take about two or three different presidents to sort this out. Even Xavi can't save this. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a miracle. Right. Yeah. That is. Go for that sadness. Yes, that is the end of the transfer window talk. It is now time to talk the Women's Super League as the season starts today. Uh, tomorrow for us at the time of recording uh, today when this goes out as Manchester United welcome Reading to Lee Sports Village a game that's going to be shown live on Sky Sports in the start of the record breaking deal between Sky and the WSL I was going to say you're going through this in fixture order that's obviously the opening game but I think it's best to go through this in just, just introduce it because you're obviously the expert of this Yes, so um, before we do this preview, if you want to check out my uh, women's football channel where I have a deep preview on it and I talk all stuff, women's football, it's uh, Women's Football Talk on YouTube, at WF Talk 2020 on Twitter, and Women's Football Talk on Instagram. So it's kind of a big season. Um, signings has been made as today's deadline day at recording. Chelsea have done 
really well. Arsenal, new manager, got in three or four signings. I think they're going to be a good threat. Manchester City, going to put up a proper fight to um, Chelsea this season. Man United, I think they're going to be contesting once again for Champions League spots. Um, Everton as well, absolutely phenomenal window there up in Merseyside. And it wouldn't be surprised if you see them amongst the top three or four come the end of the season. And then you look at the new team, Leicester City. Um, incredible window, signed 12 players. They got their manager, Jonathan Morgan, to sign a new deal. And I think they're going to surprise a few teams this season. And then you look elsewhere, the likes of Villa, new manager in Carla Ward. I think they've had a strong window. And then you look at a few teams who I think will be down the bottom end. I think the likes of Tottenham, possibly West Ham and Birmingham City are going to be the three or four teams fighting for survival this season. Because there was one other team, and I've definitely read something on this so people say it was a bit of a dark horse is it Everton? yeah the business that Everton have done really has impressed me this uh, summer I mean they brought in 18 year old Hannah Benison uh, for what is reportedly a club record uh, deal uh, they brought in Anna Anvergaard who is a very good forward from uh, Rosenborg and I think what has been key to this is that Fahad Mashiri and the rest of the team at Everton have been willing to invest into this Everton team. Yeah, I could say the same on my ability as well. Christian Perzo has pictured a lot with the women's team, so that's something he's fully invested with as well. Yeah. Interestingly, interestingly with Everton, you missed out one of the other signings, which probably more the casual viewer would know, and that's Tony Dugger. Yeah, um, Obviously, Tony Duggan being at uh, Atletico Madrid the last couple of years, bringing her back to England is definitely something uh, that's going to help them a lot this summer. And uh, it's a really good sign. And she's had a good time in Spain, uh, but she said she wanted to come back to the WSL. And I think now's the perfect time. So, And Everton, I think, is just going to be an absolute perfect fit for her. Obviously, the main thing with women's football this season is its big new TV deal yes yeah, so it's going to be uh, broadcasted on both Sky and the BBC this season after it was announced a three year uh, contract of 24 million I think uh, the Sky one so that's about 8 million a year and yeah it's showing the gl- global growth of the women's game uh which is incredible to see over the last couple of years and I think that is down to the success of obviously Chelsea had in the league last season I mean they got to a Champions League final last year obviously they didn't win it and then you see how good the Lionesses have done in recent years and yeah it's definitely good to see this growth happening in the game So just to keep on to everyone the main teams that you expect to be total race are Chelsea mm-hmm. Arsenal yeah Man City. Yeah, I'd say they're three are your... It's not three. I'm not too sure in what particular order yet. But I think them three are going to be there. And then you'll see the likes of Man United and Everton fighting for that last Champions League spot as well. Cool. And reminder, where can they find all your women's football chat? Yeah, so on 
YouTube, it's Women's Football Talk. On Twitter, it's at WFTalk2020. And on Instagram, it is Women's Football Talk for all the latest news and stories. Cool. That's it. That was your moment. It's time for the funny moments of the week. I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! Oh, Ray Hudson at the end <laughs> the there. The scream will never get old. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have two stories for this week. If you've seen them, well, then you'll know what's coming. So, to start with, have you seen what happened on deadline day? Involving Frankfurt midfielder Philip Kostic. Oh yes, I saw this yesterday, and this might be the funniest story I have heard in a it's long the time. Story, it's the story of the week by far. I've only wrote down the one part of it, but I know something else happened after that made it even better. So, for the the bad context of the story is Philip Kostic was set to move to Lazio on deadline day, but it broke down because. Frankfurt provided Lazio with the wrong email address. Oh, stick out, lads. How'd you get your own email address wrong? I don't know. It's almost like you did it on purpose. Yes. Oh, wait, that's exactly what they did. <laughs> yep. I'll let you tell the rest because I'll. I mean, I'll... yeah, so I think what it was, they missed the K out in Frankfurt. Um, <laughs> and I think they put it like Frankfurt. And because um, obviously they didn't want the deal to go through because they wanted to keep Kostic, and obviously I think that was with like twenty minutes to spare, they sent it across. But obviously with it not being the official email, Frankfurt never received the bid and all the paperwork back from Lazio, so that's why the deal has fallen through. And then what makes it even crazier is Kostic has obviously since heard about this and has refused to train with the team. He's a little bit angry about the move. Just a tad. I mean... Otherwise, uh, worried about it. sounds like something out of a like Ricky Gervais comedy special or something. Uh, just just send him a different email. They'll never know. Don't know. Yeah. Just put eintrackfrankfer at gmail.com Yes, that is our official... That's our official website, lads. Uh, yeah, you yes. Like, did they not think to look on the website first and think, should, should we probably check what their official one is before we do this right? <laughs> yeah. Surely, like, the team of lawyers and people brokering the deal would have a look at it themselves, like you said, to make sure everything was correct. But yeah. Honestly, it's just amazing. But we're talking of funny exchanges. I've seen one that might just eclipse it on Twitter this past week this is also transfer related just to let you know okay. so someone retweeted an article that was talking about the rumoured Villa move for Axel Witzel yes I do know this story now <laughs> you know where it's going yeah so, a guy writes this would be an absolute bargain and I think a real mistake from Dortmund to let him go so which is true yeah, which is very true. But who replies to that tweet? A bloke called Rene Marich, who calls it obvious nonsense. I can't understand how some people are pretending it's not just a bag of headline. Another bloke just to him 
so reply another bloke replies to him source question mark Radley Barrich decides to reply with a picture of Witzel and himself um, yeah a bloke that he looks like Rene Rich because Rene Marich is the assistant manager of Borussia Dortmund <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he just went source Bro, I'm the assistant. I work here every fucking day. Like, I know what's happening in terms of our transfers. I wish he'd just done a video with him instead of just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Or he just did the... He took a picture with Axel Witzel, you know, the Gerard Piquet with name was Cicada one. <laughs> he just did that and went, here you are. He's staying. Um, I never once believed that he was going to Villa at any point. No, I didn't. But um, <laughs> when I saw that, I just like... Why just just have a look at who this Surely person is? Surely the warning signs would be there if you see the verified tick. Oh yeah, or do, if you like, okay. So this guy's verified. Let's check out who he is before asking source. Oh, he assistant manager of Dortmund. Eh? Yeah, he wor- He works with Marco Rose day in day out, and we'll see Axel Witzel day in day out. So probably does know a fair bit about the team's transfer business. Oh look, oh look that's Erling Haaland in the background. <laughs> How's he done that? <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah. that was... Them two stories might be the best stories we'll have in a long time. Oh, this week. When the, when the stories come through. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Definitely so. Right. Anywho. It's time to bring back a fan favourite. An old school of ours. Fan favourite versus commas. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's been a long, long time since we've done this. It is, of course, the return of Guess This Squad. This is obviously the, the, scum- the international break favourite. <laughs> yes, this is where me and Brad pick out a team f- from a game in history, and then Brad has to guess the players that I've cho- uh, players that are involved in the game I've chosen, and vice versa. And we only get uh, one mistake before we have to switch over if we get it wrong. So. What game have you gone for for me this time round? Let's make it clear now. Starting 11. It has to be. Yeah. So, the game that I've chosen for you is a very famous one in the history of Manchester United. Oh, fuck. And has been viewed quite a few many million times on BT Sports channel. Okay. Oh, it's guess the starting 11 from United's 7-1 win over Roma. Oh God! I don't know why, but I thought he was going to go with the '99 Champions League final when you started yep. saying reshown on BT. How obvious do you think I'm going to make this? Seven-one against Roma. Okay, so that was okay. must be the starting eleven. Substitutes that come onto the pitch do not count. That was 2007, if I remember correctly. 2007. Old Trafford. League knockout stage. So I'm going to go with Van der Sar in goal. Wait, I've forgotten. I thought you said you had to guess the number first. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm going to go with... Oh, oh no, I'll just remember how this game works. <laughs> I'll just remember. Yeah. Guess as ready as you can. That was it. Yeah, so Van der Sar in goal. Sadly, it's been a while. <laughs> um, Ronaldo. Uh, just to, wait, because I should be saying yes or no or not. <laughs> You're just going ahead here. So you said Van der Sar and Ronaldo. Yeah. That's to... I've got Jason Park in my head. Is that a confirmed answer? 
No. Not if it's a confirmed answer. No, I'm going to switch that to Ryan Giggs. That is free. Okay. Um, Rooney. It's number four. Rio. It's number five. Um, Patrice Evra. I'm afraid that is wrong. What, Pat? What's in that left back? Patrice Evra came on as a substitute. Should I know who the left back was then? Well, I'll say it's, it was Gabriel Heinz. Okay, I don't think I would have got Gabriel Heinz. Um, so I'll go for the full team. So you got five correct. Yeah. There, so the full team was and uh, Van der Sar. Yeah. Wes Brown. Yeah. Ferdinand Heinzer, O'Shea, Ronaldo, Fletcher, Carrick, Giggs, Rooney, and Smith. Alan Smith, bloody hell! Was Jason Park on the bench? No. The bench players were Evra, yeah. Richardson, Kieran Richardson, current Oliver Oli. Yeah, I, I knew he was involved in that game, but did he? Mm. I'm sure he came on late on in that game. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, 61st minute. Yeah. The uh, unused subs: Thomas Kuzjak, mm-hmm. Dong, yeah, Craig Cathcart, Jesus, and Eagles. Chris Eagles, bloody hell! That bench is so weak. <laughs> yeah, but... you win a title with that bench. <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson is a fucking genius. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. Oh. Right now I can't wait for my one. <laughs> yes, so not as far back. We'll bring you forward in time. That will help. We head back to the 16th of April 2016. Oh, you're a bastard. I don't know which one it is. Manchester United, Aston Villa. Oh, you awesome. The game which <laughs> inevitably relegated Aston Villa from the Premier League. The game that put us out of our misery, you mean? <laughs> yes. Eric Black was the caretaker manager. I don't want to remember that team. How dare you? <laughs> Who was in that squad? It's the start of 11 as well. Yeah. So that's what makes it more annoying because we would have got rid of people. Mm-hmm. I've got to name five of that. That shit. <laughs> well, six to win. Name, I can name Ashley Westwood because he scored a free kick in that game. He's in the squad from the starting 11, but he didn't score in that game because it was a 1 0 win for Man United. It was been the season before then. I remember he scored a free kick at Old Trafford. I don't Lescott's definitely in there because he was giving the comments afterwards about it was a weight off his shoulders and all that. Yep. So Richards is in there as well. No, Micka Richards is not in there. Oh, piss off. He's on the bench. This <laughs> 11 continues. I hate them. <laughs> this is the worst 11 in the history of Michael. Yeah. Oh, see if you can... Wait, I'm still guessing. See if you can name another one. I mean, I've won, but I'll see if you can name another player. Agbon Law is probably in there. Nope. Not in the starting 11. See, see, at this point, we've charted him off. Yep, he's not even in the match day squad. Oh, goalkeeper. It's got to be Guzan. Yep, Brad Guzan was the keeper. Why didn't I say it? Right back, Alan Hutton. 
the only one who so, redeemed himself. <laughs> centre back pairing, you said Jolie and Lescott. Trying to pick who the other one was. Was it Nathan Baker? No. No, I can't think now. Kieran Clark. God. Do you know, my mind went to this other youngster that we had. We got rid of him since, but I can't remember his name. Sissoko at left back. I forgot we had him. <laughs> he did fuck all and all. Yeah. The defensive midfield. You said Ashley Westwood. The other one next yeah. to him. Was Jordan Verity playing? No. I don't think he was. I think we got rid of him. No. Yeah. It oh, was God. Leandro Bakuna. Twice. You're attacking three. Scott Sinclair. Kieran Richardson. Wait, no, I think I... I care with Richardson. Generally, you might like him. I think he's one of the worst players I've ever seen play for a, a, a club. He's the, he was the first player I ever actively shouted at at a game live. <laughs> he pissed me off that much. Do you know who the other... Is it Carlos Hill? No. Don't think it would have been Adama Traore. Nope. Who was he... it? It's a right winger and I know who he is. I just can't... No, it's not right winger. It's a centre attacking midfielder. Currently plays oh. in defensive midfield over in Liege Un. No, I love that. Oh, is it Gare? There is a Gare in it, yeah. Yep. And who was your forward that day? Yeah, forward love was awful back then. I don't remember. It was Jordan Ayew up top. Jordan Ayew. My body goes back. I blocked that team from my memory. <laughs> the bench was Mika Richards, Carlos Sanchez, Carlos Gale, um, Rudy Gusted, Mark Bunn, Linden, who I think was the young defender. Linden? Yeah. Oh, Jordan Lydon. Lydon, sorry. Was no, a midfielder, Lydon. Yeah, with, yeah. yeah, he didn't look good. And the other sub, you've just sold him for 100 million, Jack Grealish. Just. That wasn't fair, really. <laughs> Do you mean I had you to go for... a team I never want to remember again in my life? Uh, it's the I worst mean, but... day of my, my life's existence. Let me just go through the Man United squad for that game because it's also dreadful. So you got De Gea in goal, no problem there. Right back, Antonio Valencia. Don't find out that your team was any worse than that. <laughs> no, you're about to hear it. Centre half pairing of Daily Blind and Chris Smalling. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> left back, Marcus Rojo. <laughs> Centre defensive mid, we had Morgan Schneiderlin. In front of him, we had God, a. Four... <laughs> yeah, we had a front four in, uh, behind the striker of Juan Mata, Marouane Fellaini, Wayne Rooney, and Memphis Depay. And then a young Marcus Rashford up top on his own, who scored the only goal of the game. You don't realise how you you laugh at that defence, but I would absolutely have that over my one order. <laughs> and then the bench: young Tony Martial, Ashley Young, Sergio Romero, Paddy McNair, Jesse Lingard, Matteo Damian, and Timothy Fosu Mensah. What an upgrade okay. we've had in the five okay. years. Look, look at us there. Who would have thought? Oh my god. Yes. Right, I'll let you introduce this new segment. It's going to say I need to block that last team out of my memory again and no better way to do it than this brand new segment that I call 
out of context. Yes, so explain the rules of out of context, please. Well, very simple. If you ever watched Mock the Week, it's basically a carbon copy of if this is the answer, what is the question? Mm-hmm. So basically every week, hopefully every week, we'll try and do this. We'll give either a quote, number, price, anything really. And we just have to come up with a funny answer to the no, funny question to the answer. Yes. So I'll let you start. Considering I came up with this this week, the answer well, is one point zero two billion. Is it the amount of football fans wanting Mikel Arteta to stay at Arsenal? that's the obvious one (laughs) I I think you'll find it's how much Aston Villa fans want to see the owners spend in this transfer window (laughs) is it the amount of times I've done the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration since his announcement on Friday (laughs) god Uh, it's how much Mark Ashley wants valued Newcastle at Is it how much Pep Guardiola has tried to spend winning the Champions League at Manchester City? <laughs> oh no, you're not supposed to give the actual answer. What are you doing? <laughs> no, that's not the actual answer. Oh, God. I think you'll find it's actually the average wage per week given to Barcelona players. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, God. Is it if I ask Nasir Al Khalifa for a birthday present, <laughs> how much is he going to give me this year? <laughs> Uh, uh, I think find it's how high Daniel Levy made Harry Kane's release clause on a proposed contract offer <laughs> that's fucking true <laughs> and my final one is how much is Cristiano Ronaldo reportedly earning a week according to the sun genuinely <laughs> uh, uh, all you have to do is just take this number times it by three and then you get the amount of money that Brownwood you're not actually in debt by. Yes, which doesn't surprise me. <laughs> no. You know what it really uh, is? It's the amount of views you need before YouTube actually gives proper monetization to YouTubers. Well, that is also true. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a long way to go then. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, I think the uh, actual answer that, that, is... I'm, I'm done now. <laughs> The actual answer, I believe, is how much did Premier League teams spend during this summer transfer window? Bingo. Thank you very much. Uh, but yes, that is definitely going to be an absolute blast. Oh, the, nas- the NASA Khalifi one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, um, we'll be back in a week's time. Well, to... actually, Go on. Do you have any other news bits? Uh... Obviously, well, but... try and enjoy the international break if you want to. I mean, no. They actually have meaning, these games, at least. Yeah, it's but the I only st- thing that we've got. I still won't be watching them, so... Yeah. But also, this weekend, it's Soccer Aid. Is it? It is. Have you not seen? <laughs> I don't really pay attention to it. I was going to say, it's, it's not your cup of tea, really, is it? I mean, I've seen it in the past. Um... But... This this year, honestly, you've seen the lineups. It's offering an absolute titanic collision course in the management dugout. No, it's not Sven Goran Eriksson against Harry Redknapp. That's disappointing. It's Robbie Williams against Judy Murray. <laughs> as in Andy Murray's mother. Yes, Judy as Murray. in Andy Murray's. Do you know any other Judy Murray's? 
No, that is actually a good point. I don't know any of the Judy Murrays at all. Just read so that Sakurai's got you know, we're gonna make Judy Murray the manager to the World Eleven with Roberto Carlos, Rivaldo, <laughs> all those. <laughs> stuff. Oh, what can she teach them realistically? How to serve a tennis ball? <laughs> I'd be doubt Judy Murray's probably a very good man motivator. Uh, I could just see her in the dresser and being like Fergie. Was in the singer Fergie. Obviously, I'm not talking about the singer Fergie. <laughs> because I don't imagine this going to be a very glamorous occasion for her. <laughs> Thank you. I Thank you. All I'm, hoping for, soccer, all I'm hoping for a soccer is that Chunks doesn't become a meme again. Oh, yes. No more penalty missing this time round, please. Oh, no, he's not taking on this year. If they get <laughs> right, that is the end of the show. We, we, there is no Monday show unless anything drastic happens. Um, but we will be back same time next week as we preview the return of the Premier League and any of us talking points from around the world of football in the week's time. So make sure you like, comment and subscribe. Download us wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Make sure you are following us on Twitter at OTCPod for all the latest news and information around the world of football. And make sure you, like I said earlier, you're following uh, the Women's Football Talk on YouTube as well for everything women's football related. And until next week, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. I'll have to hire Daniel Levy as my agent. (laughs) And I'm asking the Sierra Khalifa for my birthday present. We'll see you soon. (laughs) 